people. Hello, my friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning. And I am your inimitable host, Dixie Lee Henning. And original. No, just the first one. Just the one? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, it's one of our new favorite date, a- oh, date yeah. activities is to drive around with some Starbucks drink. Some drink. And listen to the instrumental of the Hamilton. Pumpkin drink. Of the Hamilton soundtrack. <laughs> And we just go karaoke on it, like the entire We're show. Good. We're pretty good. First act is a lot better. Got all for of us. my shot. That's true. And satisfied. Satisfied is really good. Yeah, I can. Flying I on can. that one. I got that but, one. But uh, I mean, most of act two is anything with Lafayette, really. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, so there's there's one thing that you and I have been up to. I was wondering if we could just kind of give an update on all the other things we have going on right now. I don't know what you're talking about. I only have one thing ever going on at one time. Tell me about it. No. (laughs) Wow. This episode isn't about me. I know. It's about our friend Sam Fife. Yeah, it is. Our lovely friend Sam Fife. So why don't you talk about you first? We'll start with me and then I want to check in on some of your projects. So I guess. The first thing I wanted to mention is that for no normal people, we are... Putting the finishing touches on our coffee blend. We're working on the coffee labels with the roaster mm-hmm. in the, the coffee mm-hmm. shop that we're working with here in Billings. So be looking for that on our social media and in our, on our website. Mm-hmm. What else? I am working on a couple other podcast projects right now. True story. The first of which being Ravel podcast with my friends Emily Reddinghouse and Josh Llewellyn. We launched this last week. We released three very bingeable episodes last Wednesday. And now we're going to enter our every week, just one episode at a time. We just wanted to give a ton of stuff right at the top for people to get introduced yep. to us and learn about now why we started the, the show. Regularly scheduled dump fest. Wow. But in a good way. Is that what you think it is? In a good way. Have you listened? Nope. Oh, would you at least leave a review for us? We'll see. Please. Well, I don't know if I like it yet. Yeah, I mean, you know how helpful it is for podcasters <laughs> we'll see. to get if reviews. If I like it, I'll leave a review. Steven. Thank you. I don't just leave empty reviews. It hurts me as your husband that you haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be honest about that? Steven, I haven't listened to all of No Normal People and I'm one of the hosts. Okay. This is fair. This is, yeah, you're not uh, as diehard of a podcast listener as I am. No. Yeah, this I is will fair. record them. And maybe listen to them. Oh, so anyway, go and find my new show, my new Christian theology talk show called Ravel. Anywhere you get podcasts or follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter at RavelPod. The other thing I'm working on right now, we are in the works. We're drafting mission statements, writing teaser trailers for the Whiskey Bench podcast with my friend Steven Torna of mm-hmm. past No Normal People Guestdom. Guestdom? Guestdom? Is that a word? Guesting? I'm not sure. But uh, the Whiskey Bench is happening, and he invited one of his other good friends, 
Kat Dwyer on the show. She and I met for the first time when we started talking about Whiskey Bench, and I'm so excited to get to know her. She's actually going to be on the show coming up soon. So be looking out for the Whiskey Bench as well. The teaser will be going up shortly. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Whiskey Bench Pod. Whiskey in this case, by the way, because we spent a lot of time talking about it. Whiskey business. Whiskey, thank you for this. I'm going to use that. But whiskey in this case is spelled with an E. So it's W-H-I-S-K-E-Y. There's a whole debate about it that I don't want to get into. But for I us. I didn't know that that's how it was spelled. For so. us, we're spelling it with an E because it just is. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that. You can spell anything any way you want to. So those are the things that I'm working on. It's a lot of podcast work. I just wanted to mention that. Cool. What about you? What are you up to? Nothing. Plenty of art. Not a not a thing. Can we plug your? I'm just kidding. I make jokes. This I'm is the true. joke person. Right. Oh gosh, guys. What are you up to? I draw sometimes, and also podcast sometimes. That's it. Okay, so go follow her <laughs> art page at Dixie Lee Draws and follow her podcast, Authors Intent. Anywhere you get podcasts. Yes. And on Instagram at Authors Intent. True story. I think we just had a little update episode go out about yeah. Author's Intent, and we're looking forward to a revamp coming October 1st. Yeah. That's enough shameless promotion. Sam likes to talk about space, and space is really cool for you guys. Whoa. Bring in the redux of that song. Thank you for this. We went into space, and we're going to talk about space some more. Yes. We talk about space with our friend Sam Fife. Sam Fife. My goodness. You know what I loved about Sam is that when we ask, well, like we ask every guest, like, what are you passionate about? Or mm-hmm. what can you think and talk about when you have nothing else to think and talk about? And literally his answer was so meta and so cool. He was like, it's not any one thing. It's just learning in general. He honestly, his answer reminded me of Kyle Heineke's answer. I like to learn about people. Like I'll talk about what you like, want to talk I'm about. I'm passionate about being passionate. Because my knowledge base is huge. And yeah. I'm just a curious person. Yes. And this is absolutely what we love about this podcast is yeah. we're, we're trying to promote that kind of curiosity mindset. This is what we love about Sam. And ultimately that attitude, that curiosity mindset is what we're after on the podcast. And Sam so perfectly showcases that, right? Yep. Oh, I, let's just go to it, shall we? Period. Introducing our friend, Sam Fife. Okay. We are going to get started with rapid fire questions. Sam, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Dixie, take it away. Here we go. Instagram or Twitter? Twitter. Rain or sun? Rain. Tea or coffee? Coffee by a country mile. (laughs) (laughs) Early morning or late night? Definitely late night. Summer or winter? Summer by a hair. (laughs) iOS or Android? iOS. Sea or space? Space. Oh, man. (laughs) Big party or small gathering? I gotta say small gathering. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. East coast or west coast? East coast. Scrapbook or photo album? Because of my wife, I'm gonna say scrapbook. (laughs) That's why we put it in here. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet or savory? Savory. Soda or pop? Soda. Hogwarts or the Shire? The Shire. Pizza or tacos? Tacos. Books or movies? Books. 
Handshakes or hugs? Hugs. Introvert or extrovert? Little of both. Phone calls or texts? Texts. You did it. We're, oh, we're done. Man, that Interview was the over. end of the wow. rapid fire. So See now you, you can relax as if that was stressful, right? <gasps> I'm okay. I'm okay. We're okay. good here. Now we're going to do some more just fun icebreaker questions. A little more open-ended. They're not either or. Um, we're okay. going to start with a series of favorites. So what is your favorite snack? I feel like I have seasons for favorite snacks. And I think mm. right now my favorite snack has to be plantain chips. Mm. Nice. It's like eating a potato chip, but there's a lot less guilt involved. <laughs> well, you're eating a potato still, so. Ah, tomato, tomato. Yeah. <laughs> tomato, more like banana. I just hate potatoes. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite candy? If I'm going to go full send, I got to say Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, favorite morning drink? Oh, it's got to be coffee. I'm not like full send coffee nerd. But I'm probably like 80% there. Nice. I do like the Chemex and all of that stuff. Okay. A pour over. Is this like an every morning thing for you? When I get the gumption up to do it, there are times where I'm just like, I can't even today. So I'll just do the drip. But I, I would say most mornings is a pour over. Amazing. I love it. What is your favorite city? Oh, man. See, I'm born and raised Billings and I do love living here. But I think in my travels, my favorite city that I've ever experienced has got to be New York. Mm. Oh, yes. I still haven't been there. At what age did you go to New York? My wife and I went there, I want to say three years ago. Okay. I think it was three years ago. Oh, amazing. We went to a Broadway show, had pizza in Brooklyn. We just kind of tried to experience the city as best we can. And there's just so much life there. Now, yeah. this is important. What Broadway show did you see? We went and definitely saw Wicked. Yes. Yes. That is the so correct good. answer. Oh. Oh, it was Steven, so good. Steven, what show did you see on Broadway? I don't want to talk. Okay. <laughs> Say it. Say it out loud. Spill. My senior class <laughs> had the option of going to either Wicked or Rock of Ages. And I, I was one of two people in the entire class that voted for Wicked. <laughs> So this is much less your fault and more like the sin of a generation kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it, it really, is, it really made me hate the concept of democracy <laughs> 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 because uh, I didn't get my way, and that Popular made me very vote, mad. Man. I know, right? Oh, oh, man. Gosh. Okay. What is your favorite smell? So this is going to sound really weird, <laughs> but one of my favorite smells is the smell of. Plastic printing in a 3D printer. <laughs> now, here we are. Very chemical. So, so there's, a stuff, there's a stuff called PLA, and it's made out of corn. It's like a biodegradable plastic that you can use for 3D printing. Okay. And right. it smells almost exactly like sweet kettle corn. Oh, whoa. That's cool. Mm -hmm. okay. I, need a, I need a 3D printer now just Less so weird. my house will smell like <laughs> kettle corn all the time <laughs> without the pressure to eat the kettle corn. I mean, it's biodegradable. <laughs> you could probably eat the plastic. Oh, sure. You could try it. This is See an option. Happens. Okay. <laughs> Sam, I need you to print something. Print, oh. a, print a kernel of popcorn. I, <laughs> I'm absolutely going to do that now. <laughs> you know we're going to get back to 3D printing, but w let's work on some more of these icebreakers here. Favorite TV show? Boy, I would say... See, I always like judge these kind of questions as like the, my... F so it's got to be more than like a year ago because, you know, almost always when you like 
think of a TV show, you just think of the most recent one you saw. Exactly. Yeah. So I have to give it a little bit of time. I would say the one that I come back to constantly, it's got to be The Office. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Of course. Wonderful. <laughs> it's like a warm blanket of nostalgia every single time. Absolutely. A warm, awkward blanket. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, Moose Tracks by Wilcoxes. Yes. Nice. Oh my gosh, that is so we get good. A, we get a lot of Moose Tracks by Wilcoxons. That's because it's the best. I've never had it. I know. I have to agree with Dixie. Because yeah. you're... <laughs> my my allergies preclude me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, buddy, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I like, I'm partial to I mean, you wouldn't a, even know it. I know. He's I'm partial fine. to a mint chocolate chip, personally. So you That's have, probably like third place for me. You're okay, entitled to your wrong opinion. Wait, now what's second place then? <laughs> Anything else. <laughs> Anything else. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, okay. Okay, moving on, moving on. What are foods you will never eat? Oh, that one's pretty easy. Uh, fish. Really? I hate fish. Okay. Any seafood or just fish? Any seafood. Crab, shrimp, if it lobster. it lives in the water, Yes, it's slimy and it smells like garbage when you pull it out. <laughs> this is fair. <laughs> On the other side of that, then, what is your absolute favorite meal? Recent. Okay, so... The one that I have been constantly going back to. So my wife and I did HelloFresh for about a year. Oh, right. nice. And it kind of taught us how to cook and everything like that. Definitely made us more adult. <laughs> but the one that I always go back to is our, this a beef bulgogi bowl. Oh, yes. I love Asian food in general. Like pad thai is probably, I would say it's either that or pad thai. Love pad thai. Mm -hmm. Who would you say is the smartest person you know? And this could be you know of or you know personally. I think I'm going to go personally, mm -hmm. and I would say one of the smartest human beings I've ever met has got to be Chris Prescott. Fantastic. Yeah, so he's the guy that I cheat on for the other D&D &D group with, yep. right? compared to other than you guys. Um, <laughs> so rude. <laughs> he, he has a degree, I want to say biochemistry, but he's probably going to tell me that that's not true. Mm. It's, it's, a, it's definitely medical, and it's definitely smart boy. Yeah. He's just probably the most intelligent human being I've ever met. He's always got a well thought out answer. He's always very careful with what he says, and he always make, takes time to know what he's talking about. Mm. Do you have a secret talent? Secret talent? I wouldn't call it a talent, but I have such bad hitchhiker's thumbs. They can go full 90 degrees, and I used to freak out my friends by holding out my hand like that, and it looked like I broke my thumb. That's awesome. What was your first job? I worked when I was 13 as a trap club scorer and trap thrower reloader at the Billings Trap Club. Wow. And I would. Yeah, I used to score a bunch of uh, teams of dudes in their mid 40s while they <laughs> got really drunk and then went and used firearms for a couple hours. Yep. Safe, a safe environment for a 13-year-old. <laughs> Definitely. Gosh. All under the table, five bucks an hour. It's oh a good time. Gosh. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know what you were talking about until you said the firearms thing. Yeah. Oh. You said trap <laughs> like seven times, yeah. and I was like, what? What are, what are you talking about? Dixie, Dixie and I are bad Montanans. We are. We really are. <laughs> 
For those who are listening who don't know what Trap is, uh, it is a game with shotguns where you would shoot clays out of the air. Oh, like like clay pigeons. pigeons. Yeah, the orange discs. Mm -hmm. Yep. Why are they called pigeons? Or traps. Who knows? Uh, I'm sure. I don't know the answer to either of those questions. (laughs) Moving on. What was your first pet? Our first pet. Oh, our first pet was a dog named Roxy. She was a mutt that we picked up somewhere out east. I think it was like Broadview or something like that. Mm. She was a very good dog. Mm. Amazing. How old were you when you had Roxy? I want to say I was like eight because my little brother was just like barely born. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we had her for a long time. She just uh, passed away just a couple of years ago. Childhood pets are the best. Yeah. Do you have a historical hero? You know, one of my favorite people in all of history has got to be George Washington. And not for all of the reasons that a lot of people talk about with how you could never tell a lie and all of those things. First president, all that nonsense. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, all those other ancillary things he did. (laughs) The fact that he was humble enough to say after eight years, I'm done. And to retire and let the world move on without him, even though he was at the quote unquote top of his game. I see that as like the ultimate form of humility and leadership. That's very good. I love that answer, Sam. Back to Goofy then. What is the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? Oh, did you did Okay. Did you know? And that's why you picked this? Or is this something you always ask? <laughs> I always ask. <laughs> now oh. we know that it's something bad. <laughs> so my mom is a hairstylist. I'm going to start with that. But in the seventh and eighth grade, as a middle schooler, I had a full on perm. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> I did. Like nearly shoulder length hair. Sam. Full on Sam. curly perm. Sam. <laughs> Sam. For two years. Sam. Why? Sam. I can't. No. <laughs> How could you do that? Oh, yes. It was. Yes. I'm hurting right okay. now. I hurt for you. <laughs> I could tell you my middle school rationale why I wanted to do it, but it's not going to make sense either. Okay. I'm right. I want to hear it. I really want to hear it now. So I have like straw straight hair. Mm -hmm. I always have and I always will. And I was always jealous of like the guys, you know, like like the jocks who had like the luscious long hair that Mm -hmm. was like slightly curly and like they they had all the braces. And I was just like, man, they're so cool. Everybody likes them. And I was like, cool. I could do that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then that happened. It was really. You poor thing. It was really bad. This explains a lot. I can relate. Yeah, I get it. This explains a lot. If I grow out my hair, I just look like a 14-year-old Justin Bieber. It's really really bad. You look like your Aunt Effie. It's really bad. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Sam, what is your biggest pet peeve? Uh, I got to say dirty dishes. Oh. Oh, yeah. Dirty dishes. I and. It's probably a little masochistic that I'm looking at my kitchen right now and I can see just piles of breakfast going on over there. Oh, gosh. Yeah. But dirty dishes, I think, stresses me out more than anything else in this world. Mm. Sam, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? I would say if I had one superpower, it would probably the ability to perfectly recollect anything I've experienced in the past certain amount of years having a perfect memory Mm. 
would probably it's one of those like low profile superhero traits yeah that you're not going to get like headlines for but it would definitely be useful i like remember your birth like dwight see okay well (laughs) it's the low profile skills that are always the most interesting to me when we ask this question like when people have like weird instead of just like i want to fly like fine that's cool like flying is awesome yes oh yeah there was one that was like go like to control time so i can sleep more and still be productive (laughs) so good (laughs) if i could sleep 20 minutes a night i think my life would be qualitatively much better exactly as long as your body was fully recharged like buddy the elf yeah just like 40 minutes (laughs) there we go sam who would you call your best friend i would say a couple of my closest friends uh, one of them being uh, Shane O'Brien. He's uh, one of my coworkers mm-hmm. uh, over at Faith Chapel. He's the junior. Well, he was the junior high pastor. He's now the high school pastor there. Nice. Him and I have worked together for, gosh, 12 years now. We've done a lot of crazy stuff together, experienced a lot together. And I would say another super close person. This is also caveating, you know, besides my my wife. She's in the <laughs> other room and she is listening. Of course. Yep. <laughs> right. I would say the other person probably got to be Tim Legacy. Mm-hmm. I know you guys had him on the on the podcast. Past guest and D and D family, yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> he is such a genuinely amazing human. I, you know, I don't think I've ever heard him say a bad thing about any person ever. It's true. Like, he's just such a genuinely great human being. Oh, lovely. I'm so glad I asked. I can't. That's I so no good. joke. I talk about people a lot. <laughs> <laughs> not like i wouldn't ever i wouldn't ever take something to someone and be like this person's a d you know but like if wow. i have an opinion about something i'm not gonna be quiet about it oh no and yeah. tim tim is definitely one of those people that's like hmm interesting you yeah, know you gotta like, pull his teeth out to get his genuine opinion I'm about like, something just tell me what you think dude <laughs> in a good way in a good way yeah, yeah. in a good way in a loving way Oh, so good. Last couple here, Sam. To date, what would you consider to be your proudest achievement? I would say my proudest achievement that I think I can personally hang my hat on the most is so I've I've dealt with back issues for years. Just about a year and a half ago, I had to get back surgery. Um, What? Some. Yeah, I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, I had to get a discectomy in my lumbar. If you don't know what that means. They go in and all of those squishy bits in between your vertebrae, they had to take a portion of one out because it was punching my nerve like a punching bag. Wow. No and way. That's crazy. Yeah. It's uh, super painful. If anybody ever, anybody lives with it, they understand it's just the worst pain in the world. But yeah, I had to get surgery and I had like almost a six month recovery after that to get back to 100%. And mm. uh, eight months after that surgery, I did a 10K. Whoa, whoa, what? Whoa, (laughs) yeah, whoa. (laughs) I'm mostly healthy and I haven't run in like (laughs) years. (laughs) And you didn't have back surgery. Good gravy. (laughs) Yeah, so that was probably one of my personal favorite achievements I've ever I've ever accomplished is being able to run six miles after having back surgery earlier that year. Wowzers. Congratulations. That's so amazing. Thank you. Gosh. Okay. Last of the icebreakers here. When you were little, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, this one's not even hard. I wanted to be a Lego designer. 
I wanted to be yes. the guys that designed the Lego sets. Yes. Like I was full on going to do that. I was even like planning out, okay, I probably have to be an engineer and then I got to get into the toy industry. Like I was, I was ready to go. Wow. That's so good. Wowzers. <laughs> okay. Well, that was the rapid fire and the icebreaker, Sam. Now we're into it. Sam Fife. Thank you so much for being on No Normal People. It's very exciting to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me on here. I, I told you this before, but when you were like, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? I was like, well, wait, I thought you had like really super cool people on this podcast. I mean, no. sure. That's still I true. Guess. That's oh. still true. Oh. <laughs> See, and honestly, you'd be surprised with how often we get that when we ask people to be on the show. It's a lot of like, who, me? kind of responses <laughs> but okay so you're you're putting you're setting me up on the soapbox for a second so let me just rant okay. a little bit about it the <laughs> point of this show is that we have people that dixie and i personally know at this point we're, this we're considering point, we're calling pretty- something like phase two where we just have complete strangers on but Ooh, at this like point phase one we're talking to the people we have in our lives and really, that's basically the only requirement because yeah. we, <laughs> Do we know you. <laughs> we so firmly believe that everyone has something interesting to talk about and share because everyone is like passionately interested in a couple things that make them so unique and like that light them up so much mm-hmm. that like it's a joy for us to Dixie for Dixie mm. and I to find that thing and just ask as many questions as we can about it. Like that's the attitude of the show. And like. This is what I told you when you expressed some trepidation about being on the show. If Dixie and I ever ask someone to be on the show, one of my favorite responses now is, it's a conversation about you. And luckily, you are the world's leading expert in the source material. So (laughs) to quell any kind of anxiety or fear, that's what we're here to do. We're here to get to know Sam, learn more about Sam. Mm -hmm. Because so Dixie and I have been playing Dungeons and Dragons with you for Oh boy, months. eight months? Eight Did months, we I we think? started like January, February. And that was only after Tim came over. What when's your birthday again? Yeah. March? February twenty fifth. Dang it, I was so close. There we go. You that's were the so day close. we started. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, it was my birthday. Yeah. Was so we've been that's when we met you, is when we started playing Dungeons and Dragons, like eight months ago. That's and that feels it feels like so much longer I than know. Ser- well, okay, so COVID has a weird effect on time. So there's that. <laughs> But at the same time, like because it's of like our... a microwave minute. <laughs> yeah. It's a COVID year. Right. A COVID year. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love that. Um Dixie derailed me there. Wait, <laughs> Sorry. No, okay. So no, what I was gonna say was like there's a like such a tight knit feeling you get when you play Dungeons and Dragons with people for long enough. Like you role play different oh, characters, yeah. but we're also learning like so much about us as players and us as people and we have our hangout Mm -hmm. time before and after and man it's just about time we have you on the show so that was (laughs) our incredibly long-winded way of introducing you to the show thank you for being here let's let's get to know you a a little more and uh let's start with where you grew up and what your family was like growing up so i grew up here um well here. I grew up in <laughs> Billings, Montana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just like, oh, this goes out to more people than this Billings. I grew up. I grew up in the internet. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Born and raised in native Billings, Montana. So mm. definitely a Montana kid in a lot of, in some ways. So I wasn't raised on like you know what a lot of people think of stereotypical Montana. I grew up in a city of like a hundred thousand people. 
I have never touched a horse and I don't <laughs> ever plan to touch a horse. Because at this point, it's a streak, right? You can't break yep. that streak. Also, horses are from space, so <laughs> they're, they're not huge. They're so big. It's like a dog. They're so big. Right. But like yeah. and you their ride teeth it. are like as big as your eyeballs. Yeah. No. And they're okay. smart. Like, no, I'm not getting near that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> born and raised in Billings, Montana. I uh, grew up in the Heights over there. Uh, just up in the Heights. It's kind of like the ultimate of suburbia. If you think of, you know, mm-hmm. if Billings is yeah. just one gigantic suburb. Heights is like the suburbs of the suburbs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That tracks. Accurate. Can attest to this. In a lot of ways, I, I had a pretty normal childhood. I've got a little brother who is uh, seven years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of an only childish for a long time. And I, I always wanted a bro- little brother. And my parents were always uh, anxious about having multiple kids. And so I was, yeah, when my little brother finally came around when I was about seven-ish, it was like the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> my little brother and I are still really close. I went to elementary school at Bench, went to middle school at Castle Rock, Ele- or Castle Rock Middle School. Mm-hmm. And I went to high school at Skyview High School. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, most of my childhood was pretty normal, mostly spending a lot of time outside, riding bikes, getting into trouble, you know, the the usual. The classics. So we got a yeah. we got a city boy Montanan. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Just getting up to shenanigans in the neighborhood. What yeah. were your parents up to during your childhood? What did they do for work or like what what was your uh, family atmosphere like? Uh yeah, so my parents are both working parents. My dad is an engineer, um and he's worked probably five or six different jobs ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom is a hairstylist. And so she actually owned when I was a kid, she owned her own hair salon. And so a lot of my after school time was at uh, was at my, my mom's hair salon, folding towels for her <laughs> and getting and perms. Her, yeah. <laughs> and getting, getting the, the unfortunate perm. perm. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Way to bring that up again. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So yeah, most of my parents are also very out. They're actually a lot more outdoorsy than I am. My dad loves to hunt, loves to fish loves to hike. And I, I will say, even though I am a city kid, I do love to hike the occasional fishing trip, even though fish are gross and <laughs> should stay in the lake. Right. Um, it's pretty fun. I do like to hunt. There's a lot more to fishing, though, than just catching the fish. Yeah. You know, so like I, I can see why you like that kind of trip, even if you don't like that activity requires yeah. a lot of patience. It sure and does. that's why I don't. Yes. Fish. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's it's surprisingly relaxing to just toss your Toss your line out into the lake over and over again and just watch kind of like the day go by. Absolutely. My kind of fishing is with a shotgun. Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's a way to do it. Fast. Gets all the aggression out. Wow. You know. (laughs) So Sam Sam has this meditative experience happening and Dixie's just downstream just like. (laughs) You know that scene um, at the funeral for Dwight's aunt where they shoot? Oh, no. (laughs) That's, That's how I imagine fishing. (laughs) <laughs> oh i think your way of fishing is more fun than my way of fishing. i think wow. so too <laughs> wow okay gosh okay so uh we, we talked about your primary education up through high school so after you graduated high school where did you go from there did you go to college if so what did you study so i was Fully planning on going, like ready to go. I was actually planning on being an engineer. My dad had 
I, you know, watching my dad, I always kind of loved what he did. He would always bring home, you know, drafts. And I actually used to have, you know, like how they used to make you uh, cover your books in high school so you didn't Ugh, ruin them. That was oh, the yeah. Worst. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like paper bag and you get in, covers. Yeah, yeah. Cover this and you get in 30 year old book if you didn't. <laughs> right. that's already yeah. torn to pieces. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Let's keep yeah. this safe. Right. Yeah, so I would used to use uh, drafting paper with like a bunch of designs of like grain silos and like oil derricks and stuff like that all over it because he would just bring like leftovers from work and I'd use those. And so that's really cool. Yeah. And so I used to like I was going to be an engineer. It was, you know, I was kind of set on doing it until I realized that I was really bad at math, (laughs) (laughs) really bad at it. And it's pretty tough to be an engineer when you're bad at math. Yep. Absolutely. It's true. Yep. Yes. And so I kind of kind of went to that kind of went to the wayside probably junior year. And then it was right around the time that I actually started getting really heavily involved in church, um, getting involved with my youth group and everything like that. And so I decided that right after high school, I was going to do an internship at Faith Chapel, where I actually work now. And then after that, I was going to do that for a year. And then I was going to go off to seminary and I was going to be a pastor. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And so I did. So I graduated high school and then went straight into that internship three months later. And Mm -hmm. I did that for a year. And I found out in that time that I really liked making slides for the youth, the youth leader, (laughs) uh, the youth pastor. Mm -hmm. Right. It was just a lot of fun. I taught myself in PowerPoint and then I moved on to Keynote because Keynote's way cooler. Yeah. Because I would, you know, and then I found a free trial of Photoshop and tried that for a month. And somehow, no idea how, but I was able to convince them to hire me on as a part time graphic designer. <laughs> nice. Nice. You did a it. A year out of high school. Just you talk trapped yourself them. No it. experience. Trapped so good. Them. You're like, well, I can do it. So here I am. Yeah. And that was 10 years ago. And I am now a full-time graphic designer. I am self-taught completely and never went to college. Thought about it a couple times, but every single time I I was going to go into it and I was starting to look at price and how long it would take and how long I would be in debt. Forever. I just kind of figured, man, I think I'm just going to keep doing this because it pays the bills and I could probably get hired somewhere else if I ever wanted to. So... (laughs) Man, that's so cool. 10 years pretty wild. Of, of like in the same place doing graphic design. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, it's wild. I love that attitude, though, of I'm here. I might as well learn all I can just being immersed in it and actually having deadlines to meet instead because there's a difference in the stakes between an assignment for a class and mm-hmm. something that's going to actually be like pasted up on the wall for the church next weekend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't misspell yeah. that word stakes are much higher yeah. i will oh, tell you that that's oh that's so good okay so then because you so perfectly walked us into it let's talk about what your day-to-day life is like at work what do you do what programs do you play with and what are you responsible for yeah so i work with a couple other pretty great human beings I I work in the communications department at Faith Chapel. So the grand majority of my day consists of creating assets and deliverables. Those are the very fancy words for pictures and handouts that we use to communicate and convey the vision of Faith Chapel to the rest of the city. And so like I make logos, series graphics, I plan out campaigns, 
write scripts, edit videos, kind of a little. When you work at a church, if you've never worked at a church before, or you have it, 17 not have hats. a lot of experience, yeah. <laughs> you always have like 17 hats. And so when I, <laughs> when I first started there, I was mainly the graphic designer, but then I also helped out on the weekends with junior high ministry. Mm-hmm. And I also helped out with high school ministry and, you know, you know how it is. You and also so, clean, you know. <laughs> right. I did work on facilities at the church for a little bit too. So I did uh-huh. clean toilets. That's actually yeah. a funny story. That's how I met my wife. We were both working facilities together at the church. But Aww. um scrubbing yeah. your toilet. You're right. like, hey, you're cute. Yep. Quite literally, that is how it happened. <laughs> I mean I mean, if we're taking her side in that thing, it's like a man who knows how to clean a toilet is a man already worth his salt, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure that's what my wife was thinking. She's like, Oh, look at this guy over here. Yeah, he really knows how to use a toilet one. Right. Yeah, he can look scrub. At, look at him do those chores though. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so yeah anyways uh the primary programs i use like every other graphic designer is the creative suite so i spend a lot of time in illustrator photoshop InDesign. i've tried my hand at uh after effects but it is a garbage program oh, filled man. with so much hidden layers that i can never understand it's so terrible i hate it so yes. much <laughs> yes yeah i think the only reason why people quote unquote love it so much is because it's really the only thing you can use to make animated graphics yeah anyways i'll, I'll get off my soapbox on that one but uh so what is your well so this kind of implies a pre-covid <laughs> world i was curious what your work environment was like do you all pile into the same office and do a lot of collaboration or do you kind of collect all at once and then just make assignments and everyone goes into their corner or how does that how does that work at the church so faith chapel's kind of work culture is very intimate i would say okay i've worked with so my current my current boss him and i have known each other for close to 10 years we've worked together for close to six now mm. um, my other coworker jonah him and i have worked together for three years jonah and i share an office mm-hmm. so most of the day it's just him and i kind of working in tandem in a lot of ways we each have some specific projects that we we kind of own and we take lead on but just like the other day we were working on camps for next year and that meant him and i sitting there for two hours saying oh let's try that like no let's let's move that over two pixels you know and so it's a lot of oh yeah yeah a lot of a lot of creative work in general is very collaborative if Mm -hmm. it's good work it's collaborative yeah and so quite a bit of our time we are spending just sitting around together talking about what looks good, what looks bad, what are some good ideas that we want for the next increased Christmas campaign. So it it tends to be fairly intimate. You know, my boss's office is right next door. Jonah and I share an office together, and that is that is for both good and ill, you know, if you've ever <laughs> shared an office with somebody. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I will say the thing that I've learned the most working there in terms of the work culture mm-hmm. is that a collaborative environment for creative work is one of the greatest ways to make great art. Mm. If you're making art and you're making it in a silo, you're only as good as yourself. But as yes. soon as you as soon as you introduce new people, new ideas, new perspectives, your art becomes so much better. Fact. I mean, <laughs> preach it. My goodness, that was <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes. I God, I have I've nothing to add other than just like yes. You nailed it, Sam. <laughs> yes. It's so great. Yeah. I, I I used to work in a silo for a lot of years and the just the, the culture of Fate Apples changed quite a bit in the time that I started to where it is now. And mm. 
the way that we work now, you have to be very comfortable with conflict. You have to be very comfortable with saying difficult things to people you spend a lot of time with. Mm. But once you're able to do that, some of my best work has come out of probably out of the last three years. And I and I've been a part of some of the, the coolest things that we've done uh, over the past couple of years. And it's it's just really cool to be a part of the team that is dedicated to doing that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because un- unless your attitude is oriented toward learning then like if you're closed off and you're in that silo and you're not offering your work to be critiqued by other people that's essentially broadcasting to the world that i know what looks best i know what would be most successful so just let me do my thing whereas like you set something else on someone's desk and say how would you do this differently or do you have any Mm -hmm. notes for me because Mm -hmm. it's, it's opening yourself up and you get to like chip off the weird edges of your design sense or it's having an open hand and not being offended. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Good gravy. That's... That is, that is, once again, like, preach it, dude. Like, it's, <laughs> I have worked, I have seen so many artists that consider their vision, their perspective to be the only perspective valid. Right. And frankly, it's such a limiting way to do art because you, me, I should say, I am not a perfect artist. I am not a perfect designer. Okay, funny story. To get to perfectly illustrate this, I made the Christmas bulletin for Faith Chapel. I do them every year, but like five, four or five years ago, we were making one for our huge campaign that we do every year called Increase Christmas. And it's mm-hmm. this super cool thing that we get to do where we essentially do this gigantic fundraiser all the way through Christmas. And then whatever money we raise, we just give it away to partner organizations that are doing really cool things throughout the world, like building piggeries in Ethiopia and helping out deaf schools in the Philippines. It's a phenomenal campaign that we get to work on every year. Mm -hmm. And one year we were jamming and we were running right up to the wire on getting all of the, the deliverables ready to go and send out for the campaign. And it was like November 15th or something like that. And it had to start the next week. And so (laughs) we shipped out the Increased Christmas Catalog, which is like this 35-page booklet, three days before it was supposed to get here. Wow. We ordered like 8,000 of them or something oh, like that. Man. I can't remember how much it was. Wow. Yeah. And we had we spent, we spent were there till like 9 o'clock that night proofing it and editing it, and we sent it off. And then when they came in on Friday, I opened up, and on the inside cover, instead of saying Increased Christmas for those here and around the world, it said Increased Chrism Toss. No. For those here and around the world. And it was huge letters all along the inside cover. Oh, yeah, I would say. My gosh. That is, that is a perfect example of why it is so important to invite people into your work. That That is exactly <laughs> wow. why I started helping um, when we were going to Fresh Life. I started helping in um, their creative team. Oh, yeah. Because like every week. I would point something out on a slide or something and be like, that's wrong. That looks weird. <laughs> and then it got to the point they were like, okay, do you just want to help? Maybe. <laughs> I was like, okay, yes, I guess I will. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but man, I cannot even imagine that many things yeah, going out. Mur- oh. Murray chrism toss. <laughs> I would just. Mary chrism toss. I'd just straight that's up just walk the joke into at traffic. The Oh, like, I'm going to go just walk into a lake. Now. Oh, yeah, that's so good. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> OK, so another part of your story that we we still need to cover to get you current is. You, oh, OK. You met your wife cleaning toilets at the church <laughs> while you were working for the church. <laughs> yes. Yes, what, I did. Uh, what? Uh, 
just walk me through what dating was like after cleaning toilets together. <laughs> and then, I don't know, just like introduce me to your wife a little bit. Introduce <laughs> us as the podcast to your wife a little bit, if you feel comfortable. Yes. So my wife, is, her name is Shayla. She is the sweetest, most generous and loving human being I've ever met. Fact. Um, and I am, <laughs> you, you know her. I don't even need wow. to embellish this at all. <laughs> so we met, I was right out of high school. She was still in high school. We were both working on facilities. So I, through my junior and senior year, I, I worked at Faye Chapel on facilities. And so that meant I had during the summers, I would mow lawns and put in sprinklers. And then during the winter, I would vacuum and clean bathrooms. And so there, <laughs> there was this weird culture on facilities for a long time where only the ladies cleared bathrooms and only the guys vacuumed. It was really weird. I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> I don't love that. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're referring to that as a past tense, though. You know yes, what's funny? It is a past tense. It's thing. funny. I think good. about cleaning churches and I've done it before. And that's exactly right. Why? Like every I time I've cleaned a church, the girls are cleaning the bathrooms. And it's okay. I, I don't know why. <laughs> Notwithstanding the fact that cleaning the bathrooms is the worst job, but I'm not going to get into that right now. But True. <laughs> when they hired me, they didn't have enough guy facilities people and they didn't have enough girl facilities people. So I split 50-50. I was right. the only guy that split 50-50. Hmm. And so I would regularly clean bathrooms with the girls. And so that meant I spent three or four hours a day cleaning the 17 bathrooms we have at the church. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's a lot of bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. And so I would just spend hours and hours a day hanging out with a bunch of my friends. And one of them was Shayla. And uh, at the time when I first met her, she was dating another guy. Boo. And I know. Oh. I know. <laughs> uh, her and I definitely started off as more friends than I would say, like, you know, like, you know, those like couples that like as soon as they see and it's like the stars align. Yeah, mm. that's no me. like we definitely considered each other like casual friends. No, nah, I yeah. saw Steven and I was like, that's mine. Dibs. Right. Yeah. Called it. Hot stuff right there. That's right. my piece. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we just started off as friends and we uh, slowly developed a friendship cleaning and working together over the course of about a year. We were friends for a long time. I would say I would say a couple of years um, until I was recently out of high school and I was living on my own. Shayla was in her senior year of high school. And, you know, it's one of those things where you can't even really put your finger on it. What changed in the relationship? Yeah, mm -hmm. it just started. Yeah. Like I, I do remember specifically she had gone through a bit of a weird breakup and her and I had spent a lot of time talking together um, through the midst of that breakup. And over the course of that, we got quite a bit closer and then we kind of realized that things were going somewhere. And so we sat down at a coffee shop, talked it through. And then that night we decided to give it a month. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then like a month later, we were I had invited her to the Christmas party for the church. And mm -hmm. I was just like, you know what? screw it this girl is really cool i think she's a lot of fun to be around and so i took her out to look at christmas lights and i so there's this house in billings it's like the super house when it comes to christmas lights right oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah i know the exact this, house you're talking about <laughs> yeah, we know <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah everyone in billings knows <laughs> exactly and so this guy spends like thousands of dollars just in, in his electricity bill on yeah. this house and it's like the quintessential Clark Griswold 
Christmas vacation house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was going to take her down there and I was going to ask her to be my girlfriend in front of that house because I was like, that's so romantic. This is going to be perfect. <laughs> and I went down there and we were walking around and the lights were so beautiful. And he had like this cute little like candy cane laying through his front yard to go look at all these lights. And I got up there and I kind of looked at her and I was just about to ask her to be my girlfriend. And this gigantic family of like 12 kids pile out of this van and just start running through the through the <laughs> through the little candy cane lane and they were screaming and jumping i was like okay moment ruined never mind Oof. so i was like well crap so we were driving home and i i was probably two blocks away and i was just like you know what screw it and i pulled over right there and i just looked at shayla and i was like i really like you do you want to do you want to date do you want to be my girlfriend and she's just like Oh, thank goodness you finally asked me. Yes. I was never going to do this. <laughs> yes. yes, Shayla. Right. Get it, girl. <laughs> yeah, so we dated for about six months until she graduated high school. And then she actually decided. So pretty pertinent to the story. We were, we were dating for a long time. We were really into each other, having a lot of fun. But she was planning on going to Florida for college. Right. because her parents were moving down there she had a scholarship to this great school down there so she was going to she was debating whether to go to school here in billings or move down to florida and possibly never come back her words not mine (laughs) oh oh that hurts ow yeah and so we we were kind of like trying to decide it and i was like ultimately it's your decision but she was like well let's pray about it and we'll come back and because we had kind of like we were trying to decide well are we going to do long distance or are we just going to break up or am i going to stay and so like we were kind of in that that realm and so we were like all right let's pray about it and we went our separate ways we prayed about it we came back and i was like i think we should keep dating and then she was like i'm breaking up with you oh 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 no! Oh, <laughs> twist! Yeah. I know. Plot twist. Stab and twist. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So she broke up with me uh, about six months after we started dating, mm-hmm. and uh, so we spent the summer apart. Worst summer of my life. Oh yeah, yeah I absolutely. Bet. It was the worst summer of yeah. my life for you. <laughs> <laughs> And the problem was, is because we all had the same friends. And so we constantly saw each other all summer. And then she finally moved at the end of the summer. And frankly, I honestly never thought I was going to see her again. Uh, We tried talking while she was down in Florida, but it was just too tough. It was too many emotions. Mm -hmm. And so she she just kind of like, you know, cut me off cold turkey. Mm -hmm. And which I totally understand. It it just must have been so painful. But. So six weeks, we didn't talk or anything like that. And then like we had started like communicating like sideways through like, you know, liking each other's posts on Facebook. Really gross stuff. I'm going to. It was really, really (laughs) drama filled and dumb. But then finally, she called me up one day and she's was we hit it off again. And then like two weeks later, we were dating. And then long story short, we dated for two years. I want to say it was two years long distance, Mm -hmm. year and a half long distance, two years total. And then we got married. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you did. (laughs) So how long have you guys been married as of today or this year? As of this year, we've been married for six years. Wow. Okay. Gosh, Sam, that was a roller coaster of emotion right there. That... Tell me about it. You know that scene in <laughs> yeah, Frozen 2? you lived 2? it. I just heard about it. You know the scene in Frozen 2 where Olaf tells the story and 
the commander guy is like, nah, not Anna. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, that's how I felt while you were telling <laughs> right. the story. Right. It's a roller coaster. Because we knew how it ended. Yeah. Like, we played D&D with Sam and Shayla every week. <laughs> yeah. And they're married. <laughs> they're together. <laughs> we are together, yes. Oh, and I would be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that you have Fife number three on the way as we record today. Yes, we do. Oh, congratulations. Baby. So big. That's so amazing. It's crazy. We debated for years whether we were going to start having kids or not. You know, we did one of those things where it was like, you know, when you first get married, but like, yeah, we'll start trying next year. Yeah. yeah. And yep. then next year hits, you're like, oh, okay, next year. Maybe yeah. next year. Next year is also, it's always a lot shorter than you think yeah. it is. It's like, oh my it gosh, it's so next far year. away. And then it's next year. And you're like, oh, wait, I didn't mean it. But also, there's the, there's the little nuances of, okay, if we're having a baby next year, that means we have to start trying now. I mean, <laughs> there is some of that too. So, science. Gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah, we, we finally, I think, I think COVID was the thing that, that knocked us over the edge and, uh, <laughs> finally said, well, okay, we're not getting younger. I'm like oh. 28 now. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably time. It's so, time. Yeah, we, we are very excited. <laughs> That's yeah. It's really weird. I would imagine. Yes. When is she due again? She is due the end of February. So the day oh before my, my birthday gosh. is our due date. Oh, I hope it's on your birthday. <laughs> Birthday twins. Yeah, that'd be so much fun. That would be awesome. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if my son would think that that's awesome, but I think that would be awesome. I think that's amazing. Thank you for listening to No Normal People this week. If you like what you're hearing, the best place to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts or Facebook.com, where you can leave us a five star rating and a one or two sentence review. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NoPeoplePod. That's K-N-O-W People Pod. Also, be sure to use our hashtags, NoNormalPeople and hashtag KNP. Introducing a podcast called Ravel, a roundtable show about the complexity of faith in the age of information. For some people, this complexity has caused the unraveling of their faith. And for other people, it's been enriching. We think good theology should be an exploratory dialogue, so we're going to sort through our own questions in real time over a couple drinks. I'm Josh. I'm Steven. And I'm Emily. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at RavelPod and find Ravel on any podcast player. That's Ravel spelled R-A-V-E-L. Join us as we ravel out our faith in a complex world, pulling on one thread at a time, seeking meaning at the end of it all. Thanks for listening. Sam, this has been so good getting to know you like through your stories here. Now we're going to kind of change change flavor of the conversation and we're just going to open it up into one of our fav- favorite questions, which is the like, g- generic version is what are you passionate about? My favorite rephrase is what could you think and talk about if you have nothing else to be thinking and talking about? Hmm. So I'm just going to open that up and we'll see where we go. Shall we? All right. So if there was one thing that I could not stop talking about, Mm -hmm. I would have to say one of the greatest things that's happened in my life that has kept me who I am, regardless of what season of life I'm in, what trial or challenge that I've experienced or whether I'm, you know, a high schooler living in my parents' basement or where I am today, Mm -hmm. I would say learning 
and the pursuit of knowledge is probably one of my favorite, most passionate things about being a human being. Mm. Is that, am I laying it on too thick or is that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. You're, you're looking for just an, an accumulation of knowledge. You're just a curious person by nature, it sounds like. I have always been incredibly curious about anything and everything. Specifically, yeah. I would say specific areas is like history, science, and tech. Right. I love all three of those areas. Right. So much. Okay. Shall we take each one of those like broad areas one at a time and see what we find? Sure. Let's start with history then. So growing up, my, pa- my dad is just as much of a nerd as I am. Mm-hmm. And he- when I was growing up, a lot of like kids would have like sports on in the background or maybe there was just like cartoons until you were 18 or something like that. But in my household, like the most common thing on the TV was probably the History Channel or the Discovery Channel. Nice. So my parents definitely, but my dad in particular, he is all he's very similar to me in that respect, where mm-hmm. we're both just incredibly curious people. So like I've spent a lot of my life just consuming history from podcasts to documentaries, TV shows. Um, I what the only AP class that I took in high school was AP U.S. History. Ooh, nice. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, I took I love... zero AP classes. Okay, well. Uh, that's okay. You can it tell. You can kind of tell. Awful. Stop. <laughs> it was awful. I had a great AP U.S. History teacher. His name was Mr. Wooler, and he was one of those teachers where you know he was so passionate about it, and he let you kind of learn it yourself. And I would say that, like, my first real passion when it comes to history would probably start with him, mm-hmm. mostly okay. because. He showed history in a way that was much more interesting than anything that I'd ever experienced before. Right. Just how so many trends and forces and people can come together to affect everything that we know and see today. It's just such a fascinating thing to look at. Right. Yeah. Um, Do you prefer U.S. history? Not Really? I would say, so when I was a little, little kid, one of the things in particular was a little morbid, but I was fascinated with the Titan, the sinking of the Titanic. Yes. Mm. Like, <laughs> mm. uh, like James Cameron came to Billings when I was like six and I've made course. my grandma take me to go watch him, like talk about him finding the Titanic, all that stuff. Wow. That's so cool. Um, I mean, like my, I even had, my grandma's an artist too. Um, mm-hmm. and she, she does like a lot of painting and uh, fine art stuff and she painted me a pillow with the sinking of the titanic on it oh, and looking man. back now as an adult i look at it as like wow that's super dark it's kind of morbid so many people died <laughs> let me just rest my head on the death right. of thousands yeah. oops <laughs> but i think for me i was always just so fascinated with like the discovery aspect of it is fi- unearthing things that were previously unknown right. about yeah. the world oh right. yeah wow, i've always loved that I um I have a tendency to avoid I typically read fiction, but if I'm reading like historical fiction, it cannot be US historical fiction. Mm-hmm. I cannot ah, get oof. my head around it. I'm like, I don't care it's about too dry. this. <laughs> too dry for you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> this I sucks. will say with with US history, so our country is such a weird, weird country. Yeah. It has such a a checkered past it has such a 
like violent and turbulent and racist and sexist tones that have pervaded all the way from the time of our constitution up until right now. Mm -hmm. But it's always us trying to get a little bit better. It's, it is really, the thing that I love the most about us history is it's just this constant pursuit of, you know, like the, the idea of a more perfect union. I've always loved that idea and watching generation after generation pretty much get it wrong most of the time but get it right just enough to move the needle right but uh and i think that throughout all of human history i think so there's this podcast i I know there's probably another podcast section but one of my favorite podcasts that i listen to constantly is hardcore history oh yeah by dan carlin oh my gosh a good one. Oh my god it's like an audiobook is every episode is basically what you deal yes. with yes it's unfortunate that he takes six months to release an episode because they are so good i mean it makes sense why it takes six months yeah but yes. yeah they're like four and a half hours <laughs> yeah. long but the thing that i love the most about how he's particular in particular like portrays history is that he has a very on the ground level of history because he takes excerpts from people who experienced it from the trenches of world war one to living in the mongol empire to what it was like at the death of the republic in in rome it's just it just kind of shows you that humans are just humans yeah regardless of whether it was two thousand years ago ten thousand years ago or like yesterday we are all really broken and messy and dumb sometimes but we aspire to be more. We try to be better. And yeah, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes it does. Yeah. Mm. I think the thing that gets me the most about any history is the realization that, oh, my gosh, a human did that. Yeah. Like, oh, let's just bomb Japan. That's probably yeah. fine. That happened. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Those gosh. kinds of realizations. Like, this isn't just a story. This is real. This happened. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the Manhattan Project is such a fascinating story in itself where we half of what we know is because of German scientists that are were creeps, refugees from the Germans in America. And one of the creators of the atomic bomb later referred to himself as the god of death because of what he'd done. I mean, it's such a fascinating, nuanced story. And I, I think history is so fascinating because it's the best nonfiction. It's like the best fiction book, but it's real. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, right. That's, oh. the, that's the part that gets me, though. Like, I can't read fiction like horror. Yeah. Like, because if somebody thought that, someone probably has done it. <laughs> and I cannot live with that. <laughs> I cannot deal it. with no. that. That's Whatever the human thing. imagination has dreamed yeah. up. It's like, right. I'm sorry, you sewed... You sewed what to what? No, no thank you. No. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn it into one of these, these other categories you gave me. And that was technology. You've mentioned 3d printing already. So let's start <laughs> there. And then let's you and I have a conversation about our, our mutual obsession with SpaceX, the Apollo program, the shuttle program. Yeah. I'll space step, things. I'll step out for this. You're right. I'll ramp up. <laughs> don't even, don't even get me started. Okay. okay. <laughs> technology. Okay. Broadly, and then 3D printing first, though. Okay, so I've always been kind of a tinkerer. Um, you know, my dad, I would help my dad build things when I was in high school and junior high. I, I've always loved computers. So like like I said, I'm much more of a city Montana kid as opposed to yeah. any sort of uh, <laughs> right. real Montana stock. Yeah. And so I, I 
from the time that I was old enough, I was, I, I remember the first time I was on the internet, you know, the dial-up tones and everything like that. And, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, uh, Neopets! Don't even get me started oh, about Neopets. That was my jam Neopets. when I was a kid. I killed so many Neopets. <laughs> I killed so many. Oh, no. Yeah, I didn't have oh, internet. No. I had to. I had oh, to, that's fair. I could only get on to the website like once a month at school. <laughs> yeah, school so, library. And it wasn't even at school. It was at the library. Just oh, the library. There you go. <laughs> Remember libraries? That was weird. Sorry. Moving on. Oh, back way back then when that was a, that was a thing. Remember library? But uh, yeah. So I, I've always been interested in technology and computers. And so I uh, I started tinkering with computers right out of right out of high school. I actually had a friend uh, or a coworker who was the IT guy at the church and he helped me build my first computer. And ever since then, I've just been fascinated with computers and tinkering with computers. And um, that kind of naturally led me into 3D printing. So my friend, who is also an engineer, I know a lot of engineers apparently, mm-hmm. he went to school in Bozeman and one of his one of his favorite courses in Bozeman was was 3D printing, additive manufacturing. And so he was just all in on it. And he would do he like back to this Kickstarter and he was gonna buy this super fancy 3D printer and he was gonna buy a ton of them. He was gonna build a farm and he was gonna start like making an income off of these printers. And he was so excited about it and he was telling me about it all the time. And then he finally got that Kickstarter printer. And instead of getting the one he wanted, like every Kickstarter ever, they kind of screwed up the Kickstarter. And so instead they sent him two of these smaller ones that he didn't want. Right. Oh. And oh. Uh, yeah, and he was so disappointed and everything like that. And so it just sat in his house for like two or three years. And so he bought another 3D printer and he was always showing me I would just go over to his house and we'd be hanging out and he'd just show me all the things he was printing and all the things he was making. And I always was so fascinated by it, but I didn't know anything about it. It just, it honestly like 3d printing from the outside looks like wizardry. Mm-hmm. You, you, you start with a ball of, or with like a, with a spool of filament and then you spend, you take a couple hours and then all of a sudden you've got this toy in front of you. He, we were hanging out one day and I was just asking him about 3d printing again. And he's like, Oh yeah, by the way, I've got the 3d printer. Do you just want it? I was like, what? I mean, I'm not going to say yes. no. Yes. <laughs> no, don't yeah, give like me this free thing. It was like a $200 3D printer. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so he he let me have it. And so I took it home that night and I stayed up till like 3 a.m. <laughs> trying to set it up and Gosh. figure it out. And of course, within like, I would say three hours of playing with it, I almost broke it to the point where it didn't work anymore. <laughs> Because I had sense. no idea what I was doing. Right. I, I tinkered with it for a couple of months and c- pretty quickly found the limits of it. It's It was just like this really small, like hobbyist style printer or 3D printer that can only print something about the size of like an orange. Right. And so I used that for a long time, but I had kind of caught the bug right then and there. And I was just constantly finding new things to print, new things to tinker with, new slicers to try and new long story short, my wife set me up with a new 3D printer on my birthday last year. So this is a fairly recent thing. I haven't. Yeah, it's only been like three years. Nice. Yeah. And so she bought me another 3D printer and I just went to town with that. thing. (laughs) Yeah, I think I went through. So there's you get one kilogram spools of filament. And you that's what you feed that into the printer and then the printer will heat up that that plastic 
and then extrude it in a very specific line, layer by layer by layer by layer, until you get a thing. And I think I went through probably 20 rolls of <laughs> filament Whoa. just in that first year of just nonstop printing. I almost burned the house down once because I almost set it on fire. Ooh. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, so I 3D printing, I think, is such a fascinating technology. It's something that essentially was only existed in huge industrial scale like 10 years ago where you could the only 3D printers you could find were in these factories in Germany or like they would only be used for prototyping products. But now all of a sudden you can print any almost anything and everything you want in your own home out of a roll of plastic. Right. And not even like because one of the things that is the unfortunate sides of 3D printing is that everything you print is now that plastic thing that's going to go in a landfill forever, you know? Right, yeah. They even have plastics, you know, like PLA is probably the most common type of plastic 3D printing enthusiasts use, and it's biodegradable because it's mostly made of corn. Mm-hmm. And so it's good. just such a... So cool. Oh, it's, it's so fascinating that you, you're able to create so many things. And one of the things that I love the most about it is I think it really unlocks someone's personal creativity and their ability to so do you guys know what the right to repair is you know like the whole idea between behind the right to repair Mm -hmm. so it's the idea of like instead of build instead of buying the new thing creating more waste creating more creating more stuff to be thrown away at a later date the idea of the whole like the right to repair is the ability to take what you already have and repair it and I've printed off parts for like my garden, for kitchen stuff, for um, my barbecue or like all sorts of little things. Like it's such it's such a cool technology that opens you up to be able to create and and do things yourself that in a way that you were never allowed to or able to do prior. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, such cool technology. That's very. Yeah, because you can make your own replacement parts or filler pieces Mm -hmm. for things you've lost, things you've broken things that are misshapen yeah. mm-hmm. wow that's that's awesome and it's also fun to just make tchotchkes like i printed uh my own 3d version of settlers of Catan and hand painted it myself and yes oh yes so cool which we have to play that by yes. the way that has to happen yes please. i agree like we have a dice box that holds our uh our D dice set from yeah. you as well <laughs> oh that's right so, yeah i forgot to forget that <laughs> I, and it's it's really weird like I can talk about it for a hundred years, but only in the fact that I just think it, it doesn't bring a lot of like tangible valuable to my life, except that it's just <laughs> so much fun to tinker with. Like, right. right. It's, I think it comes back to like that sense of discovery of like creative problem solving and saying, how can I take this roll of plastic and turn it into something useful or beautiful or right. fun or interesting? Yeah. It's that curious creativity that you keep coming back to. In like mm-hmm. every arena, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I honestly, I honestly envy that because, like, in you specifically, like, it requires a lot of patience to create something like that. <laughs> um, and I am not patient in creating. Like, I do a lot of art stuff, but if mm-hmm. I don't finish a piece in a day, and I like step away from it, I probably won't finish it. I'll just start something else. Because like by the time I go back to it, I'm like, I'm better than this. So I'm going to move on. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Like, I can't, I'm not going to come back to this. There is something to be said for that attitude of like, I'm better today than I was yesterday. But at the same time, like Mm -hmm. you could harness that and revisit the stuff from yesterday and say, I could improve this. Yeah. You don't have the patience. I would just start all over again (laughs) and just do it better. Okay. And don't even get me started though, Dixie. Your (laughs) art is some of the most beautiful. I mean- Thanks. It has always been my dream to know an artist like like a like a fine artist like you, and it is just oh. it is such a treat to see this see what you make every day. It is Thanks. the fact that you make them on a daily basis. Yes, you <laughs> pump those things out so fast. Yes. I have to. If I don't do it, I'm never gonna finish it. <laughs> right. It's literally like if I don't finish this, no one's ever gonna see it. So let's do it. Right. I honestly don't consider myself a fine ar- artist. Like this is the first oh, time really? someone well, has said. Take fine it. artist. You get it. Like, I just don't associate digital art with fine art. Oh, it absolutely is fine uh, art. I mean, that could be a whole, yeah. I think the line between, like, quote unquote, real space, mm-hmm. real world, and digital is getting so blurry that it's not even yeah. worth really distinguishing anymore. Yeah. So, well, like, oh, yeah. okay, so he, you do a lot of stuff on, like, Illustrator and Photoshop. Mm-hmm. I can do stuff on Illustrator and Photoshop, but I'm, like, really, really into Procreate. If I mm-hmm. tried to do something with my meat body, like on <laughs> with, with like an actual pencil and a piece of paper, like I could not achieve what I do on an iPad. Yeah, at all. It's the, the physical medium isn't yours. Yeah, no. your space anymore. Mm. That's I mean, I'm, okay. not the, I'm not in the meat space anymore. <laughs> I'm not in the meat space. meat space. Yes, that's both amazing and gross. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Well, so so there's the plug. We've been talking about Dixie's art. Go check her art out on Instagram at what? Dixie Lee Draws. Everyone knows it's fine. We're talking Absolutely. about Sam. We're talking about Sam. There it is. Okay, <laughs> Sam, let's talk about our mutual fascination with the space program. Oh, boy. Where do we even start? I'm going to go get a snack now. Where'd you get introduced <sighs> to it? What like what got you excited about it? Oh, I think that, that honor once again goes to probably my dad. I remember as early as I was probably five or six. He was like pulling me out of bed either super early or super late to watch shuttle launches and Soyuz Mm. launches. And him and I have that's like one of, you know, like you have like one or two things that you share with your dad. Like, yeah, for some kids, it's sports. And for some kids, it's like music or you're right. Yeah, exactly. Genetics. Genetics. That's that's pretty much where it's for some people. That's where the the similarities starts and ends. Uh, but for my dad and I, it's always been space stuff. So mm. he, I mean, he grew up, he grew up during the Apollo era. And so he remembers the moon landings. He remembers, oh. the, he, he oh. remember watching in school, the first shuttle launch, which oh. Oh. fake yeah. news. I'm no. just kidding. Jo- jokes. <laughs> don't, jokes. Don't I'm joking. <laughs> uh, the earth man, is flat. So, okay. Let's, let's just get that out there. I'm not even getting into this with you. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I know you're baiting me. I will not take it. Don't feed the trolls. Uh, so I've always been fascinated with space. I've always been like so curious about the fact that we're such a small little ball of air and water yeah. floating in yep. this vast universe. It's awe-inspiring. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. So, th- okay, I've got a question for you, Stephen. I'm ready. Out of all of the things in the next four years that you are most excited about in terms of space and rockets and all of those things, what is the most exciting thing for you? Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, oh, what is the most exciting thing to me? I've really been trying to puzzle out. I mean, just this week, I've been trying to puzzle out what the implications of life on Venus might be. 
So that yes. is oh, pretty I wild. I really hope it's like I, the C.S. Lewis book. You think so? Oh, Paralandra? Oh, I so love good. that book. Of course you did. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I'm skeptical of, of SpaceX and Elon Musk getting anyone to Mars in the next four years. I know he was saying at the earliest 2024. I'm not yes. totally sure about that, but I am. Okay. Okay. I actually have an answer for you. What I'm most <laughs> excited about is the next rover to land on Mars. Mm-hmm. Because. Uh, the Perseverance one? Yes. Um, oh, yes. Because. The next rover to land on Mars, the, the next one scheduled to land on Mars has high grade audio recording equipment. And I. Oh, that's right. It does. Ever since I heard a podcast by uh, 20,000 Hertz about the sound of, like, hypothesizing about the sound of every planet in our solar system, I am fascinated with the aspect of sound in space. And I would love to get our first audiological transmission from mars in the next couple of years and be like that's what another dang planet sounds like mm. right it's one of the oh, five senses man. that we neglect the most i think so to be able to actually turn it around and say we've actually thought about it enough to put it on the next rover and spend how many billions of dollars to get it there <laughs> quite literally billions of dollars right <laughs> but wow man so that that's that's your answer right mm. there is audio recordings is of mars so cool mm-hmm I think the Perseverance rover is one of the coolest things that at least for the next year looking forward to that I would say as well. Just the idea that we send this is I think is this our second or our third minivan sized rover. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that we're throwing at another planet. Yeah. That we we land that. OK. The fact the how they land these rovers is so crazy. Just bounce them with balloons. <laughs> Well, the the last ones they would bounce it with balloons. These ones they do rocket cranes. They have a rocket platform thing that they use to hover above the surface, and then they lower the rover with a crane right onto the surface of Mars. And then once they once the thing touches down, that rocket crane just flies off and blows up like two miles away. Wowzers! It's unbelievable. Yes. Oh man, that to me like stuff like that is it really opens up your mind to the possibility that one we are so much smaller than we think we are and two that this universe is so much more beautiful so much more strange so much more interesting than than we ever experience here on earth like from uh, black holes to dark matter to life on enceladus and underneath the ice of europa it's just Oh, it just gets me so excited to think about all the time. Mm, love it. Plus, with the advances of our technology just lately, like SpaceX just launched their first manned mission up to the International Space Station. They're working oh, man, on that was so fun. Oh, my gosh. And then <laughs> so much fun to watch. <laughs> I mean, what can't we do anymore? Seriously. I mean, Starship, for one, it's a giant like grain silo filled with explosive materials. Right. And they just weld it together in a shed in the middle on the coast of Texas. And it's already hopping 150 meters. It has the most advanced rocket engine on the planet, a full flow, full flow stage combustion engine that is more efficient than any other engine we've ever seen on planet Earth. 
And they did it all in tents on the <laughs> Texas coast. And within a year, I, I, I'd put 10 bucks down within a year. That thing is going to is going to be orbital and hauling people, you think? I think it's probably going to be a lot longer before it starts hauling people. Mostly, I mean, so whenever SpaceX says they're going to do something, expect it to be about two years later than what they say it's going to happen. Yeah, there's always like a plus sign in parentheses next to whatever projection. Exactly. They have, right. <laughs> and so like I would say, so they announced the Dragon capsule. So the one that just sent Bob Bankin and Doug Hurley up in. Yep. They announced that Dragon capsule in 2014. Yeah, So right. It took them six years from the time that they unveiled it to the time that it was actually carrying people. I would say that it, it's I would be surprised if there were people on board Starship before 2024. Yeah. Very surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Push that one out to 2024 and Mars gets pushed to 28 or 30 or something. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Oh, yeah. Good, great. Man. I know little to nothing about space or um, space travel or um, science. <laughs> just in general generally speaking um so steven and i listen to an artist called sleeping at last he's pretty oh, popular you do, don't you yeah i love sleeping at last he he released a Knew song when kepler yeah. was oh yeah. like ran out of gas yeah. and um and i'd have to say that's probably the most significant space themed thing i've ever experienced mm, mm-hmm. um and like i'm literally was reading about it right now on online because i was like i can't remember why i loved that so much like yeah. why it hit me so much and i literally just read that so kepler the good night um system was sent 388 years after his namesake died like to the day yeah so they both technically passed away on november 15th which is oh, so crazy to that's think so about. so beautiful and, yeah. and oh. so melancholic. Poetic. Yeah. And that was, I, I don't really, oh. I'm not a space person. Yeah. We know this. I, I just, I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't, I, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I just can't. But that was probably the biggest thing yeah. I remember. Oh, that's good. And the only contribution to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> See, it was actually really interesting, Dixie, is that space is such a just the pursuit of, I, I don't know, what's out there. It involves all of us because space and the pursuit of technology and just futurism in general, I think it really unites people. Right. So one of the things that I loved this year was the launch of the, the Demo 2 mission up to the ISS. It was right in the midst of the um, the George Floyd protests. Right. Yeah. It was in the midst of yeah. our global pandemic that we're experiencing. Like, regardless of your political affiliation, either things are going really bad right now or really great right now. But it has been such a polarizing and brutal and painful year to yeah. kind of just be a human in a lot of ways. But some of these few moments like like the Demo 2 mission where we all got to sit around and look at two human beings who were doing something dangerous and scary and heroic to sit on top of a 12-story bomb (laughs) and launch them up into space for the pursuit of human exploration and science and returning space space flight to American soil. I just, I look at that and it, it just gives me so much hope to be a human being that even in the midst of all of these crazy, awful things that are happening in our society and in our world, 
there are still so many beautiful things to be hopeful and excited and optimistic about. Just the idea that we as humans made that, we we created that, we we sent people to fly 12,000 miles and or 22,000 miles an hour around our planet falling so going so fast they're just falling over the horizon it's I, I don't know i just it's a testament to who we are as a species and how god made us to be infinitely curious and infinitely um always wandering and wanting to know what's over the next hill but ah sorry soapbox but <laughs> i mean that's the final it. word on you space, d- right? You did it. We'll just, we yep. can leave that there. <laughs> yep. Sam, I think you gave me another category of what you're curious in. I think it was art. Correct me if I'm wrong. History, tech, and art, was it? I, I am very passionate. Being a designer and being an artist, or an artist, I do love art. Here's the problem, though. Here's, here's the dirty little secret. Mm. I don't follow a lot of artists. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I feel really bad. I always feel really bad admitting that. I follow a lot of designers. So interesting thing about design, it's probably 30% art and 70% strategy, marketing, branding, communication, tone, you know, all of that stuff. A lot of what I do, it's much less making pretty things and it's more making a pretty experience. And so I, I, I honestly struggle sometimes following fine artists except mm. for concept artists i'm yeah <laughs> i'm kind of a video game nerd and obviously a dnd nerd and yeah. so i love how people can create like other worlds just straight from their brain mm. oh, gosh it's so hard unbelievable oh so unbelievably hard <laughs> it's an ingredient it's of creativity hard yeah. which is why i don't do graphic design <laughs> not not in the sense of like Sam doing graphic design where you're doing I logos understand layouts. I don't get the marketing. Like I get color scheme and theory and typography. Lighting right. and yeah. <laughs> I can kind of fake my way through typography and like what's kerning, you know, that kind of stuff. But like <laughs> Don't Steven has asked me to make logos and stuff for all of our podcasts and I'm always like, I guess. I'll do that. I will make 17 and you just pick the one you like. Yeah. It's it's a collaboration though. That's the thing. Is like it 100% I, is. I I bring a lot of design ideas mm-hmm. just because I feel like I have a lot of base level knowledge. Like my knowledge set is very wide, but it's not very deep in a lot of places. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So like just by the fact that I listen to 99% Invisible, I feel like a design expert, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Their Vexillology episode is my favorite one oh, they've ever done. Oh. Favorite one. <laughs> and if you, and for those who are wondering, Vexillology, Vexillology is the study of flags yep. and the design of flags. Yes. Yeah, that makes so sense. good. But uh, yeah, so I bring a lot of design ideas to like podcast artwork, pot, like logo stuff. And then Dixie yeah. has the, the skills in the, digital format to actually translate it into what i have in my brain already yeah but i'm trying I, like there's no way i can translate it correctly you tell me and i'm like what what no i don't also i don't care but then but we're I back to care, the but... collaborative process yeah like, the back and forth yep okay. also i don't yep, have exactly i don't have the patience required Ugh. for graphic design either yeah. okay okay because well, you can sit you can sit there and tell me what you want and i'll be like that's dumb but i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so many so many artists get into graphic design thinking I just get to be an artist all day long and Mm-mm. and I get paid for it but unfortunately design is so much more than just the artwork aspect of it that I think a lot of artists go in with the wrong preconceptions of what it is and are ultimately burned by it which mm. is it's really brutal to watch it's really sad because mm-hmm. there are still some amazing parts of design that are really fascinating that isn't tied to the the very bare bones artistic aspect of it. Right. It's not for everybody. I will say that. Yep. <laughs> design is not for everybody. Yeah. Agreed. So speaking to this nature of collaboration and as well as your just natural curiosity, Sam, um, would you indulge me briefly on a conversation about Dungeons and Dragons? I Listeners of yeah. No Normal People are probably bored with this conversation because I bring it up so often <laughs> with friends. We don't care. But... <laughs> I wanted to talk about D&D with you. So first of all, briefly tell us how you were introduced to the game itself. And then I have uh, a few questions about your experience be- playing as Dungeon Master with our current group together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I thought you, I, w- I was waiting. I thought you would never ask. I was so excited to talk about this. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so <laughs> D&D is a, a recent love in my life, but one that has consumed every waking moment <laughs> and for for good reason i will get into it yeah so i got i actually got exposed to D for the first time when i was a kid my neighbor in second grade he used to play D with his older brother and i went over and i think i played like two sessions with them i it was so long ago that i can barely remember it but the only thing that i do remember it was my friend telling me it's like a video game but you can do whatever you want and i'm like sweet i'm sold you don't even need to tell me anymore yeah um and so i played a little bit of D when i was a kid but you know to be super honest it kind of fell to the wayside for me i never really picked it up in high school or after high school until it was about i want to say it was two years ago i was once again like just i i watch a lot of youtube and most of the youtube isn't like you know, Mr. Beast or anything like that. But like, I watched like a lot of tech YouTubers and space nut people like Scott Manley and stuff like that. And I remember one of them, I can't even remember who it was specifically talking about why they love Dungeons and Dragons. And I was just thinking, man, I played that so long ago. It was so much fun when I did play it. I should really look into that again. And so I looked up a couple more videos on on YouTube about, uh, you know, just like what it's like to play D&D. And I was like, OK, I just got I just got to dive in. I'll I'll buy like the free like or not the like the cheap kit that they have with the the base or like the starter campaign, which is actually the, the campaign you guys are going through right now. Right. Yeah. Yep. I bought the kit and I invited some friends over and thankfully they were just nerdy enough to say yes. I was legitimately surprised that they actually said yes. Because, you know, the stigma of Dungeons and Dragons is like you you look at Stranger Things and you look at, uh, you know, what pop culture kind of thinks is D&D. And it's not I to say that it's not a positive light would be generous. I always consider Dungeons and Dragons to be the absolute last bastion of nerddom. Nah, <laughs> it's LARPing. <laughs> LARPing is just one more step into D&D. I know, it's though. just wearing yeah. the clothes. <laughs> exactly. Right. Pr- we're except, almost there. Instead of rolling dice, you're actually hitting your friends. We have swords and wands, so I mean, we're almost there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I started playing. I, I, I played a session or two with those friends, and they thought it was pretty fun, and I was 
hooked. I decided because they had no interest in being the dungeon master. So I was like, all right, fine, I'll try it. And it was like three sessions of just, yeah, I want to do this. Oh, shoot. Can I do that? All right, let me check the rules. And it was like it was horrible. It was real, real rough. And so I was very intimidated as a new DM. And so I spent some time on YouTube looking through like live action D&D podcasts and YouTube videos. And I stumbled on one called Critical Role. And mm-hmm. for for anyone who is in the D&D sphere, Critical Role is kind of like the thing. As soon as I started watching them, I was hooked. And that was kind of like the rabbit hole opened wide at that moment. And it was no turning back for me. I played every week with that first group for, gosh, it was almost a year. It was nine. I think it was nine, nine months to a year. And we played every week. Nice. And uh, then after that, I met up with Tim and a couple of his friends. And we started playing together or we we played like this Halloween one shot kind of thing. It was real spooky. We were sitting in uh, Tim's crawl space and it was very uncomfortable, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so good. And yeah, super nerdy. Then those guys, eventually we started playing every week and my wife joined us for that. And one thing led to another. And that was three years ago. And we've been playing D&D nearly twice a week now for over two years so we play a lot of dungeons and dragons <laughs> absolutely but we could play more i mean, <laughs> I mean yeah so what was it like when tim was like hey i met some other people who want to play D. would you dm for us because this is essentially how you like this is how hennings met fife's yes was, was <laughs> tim basically just like put two spheres of his life together <laughs> Tim has a habit of doing that. He just likes to take one aspect of people he loves. He's like, these guys are pretty cool. And he looks at his other hand. He's like, those guys are cool too. And he just, right. Just <laughs> smashes them. Yes. Into people. Right. I, it was honestly, I got to I, I've always been very self-conscious about DMing. Okay. Mostly be, because I, for those people who may, may not know dungeon mastery or like being the DM is both being the referee, the storyteller, the, and kind of like the plot giver, story weaver for the campaign. And there's a lot of hats to wear and there's so much you have to remember and you have to be able to think on your feet really quickly. And I've always just seen Tim. So like Tim is was our dungeon master in our other campaign. And he was always so good at weaving stories. And that's what I love the most about Dungeons and Dragons is weaving stories with your friends together and having these shared experiences that were completely imaginary, all of us sitting around just pretending to be other people at a table with dice, but they feel so real. And I wanted to do that, but I was always just so self-conscious when, so when he asked me and I was just like, you know, I will, I'll think about it, but I almost said no. (laughs) I was so close to saying no. Oh, no. Mostly just because I was just like, yeah, so self-conscious about it. Um, Right. And then I was talking to Shayla and Shayla was like, you love DMing. You, you know, you'll do a great job. And I was like, I don't know about that. But yeah, I, I, I eventually, I, I think it took me about two weeks to kind of like warm up to the idea, but I finally said yes. And God. The rest is history, and I met you guys, and we've had so much fun on uh, these crazy adventures. You you <laughs> have successfully made me feel some very like visceral fear. Fat. You have in <laughs> oh. our storytelling together. You have successfully made me incredibly happy. 
and you've also made me cry. So <laughs> so much, so much crying. These are the possibilities when you start playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, Dixie and you and also t- you also gain the ability to say something like "goat," and everybody laughs. This is true, right? And nobody else will understand Inside that. Inside jokes <laughs> emerge. But so Dixie and I were just talking about this today. Is there's something special about playing D&D with people because we have a, a tight knit community happening. The six mm-hmm. of us around one table, we're sharing food, we're trusting each other. We are mm-hmm. letting our guard down enough to successfully role play and give each other permission to be embarrassed in the room together. If you feel weird about role playing and using voices and all that, like it's such an open and welcoming and inclusive environment. And it's, it satisfies so many needs of like very real community as a human. And uh, like Dixie was just saying, she's like, I feel like I have gotten a crash course on who Sam is just by how he handles <laughs> yeah. the story itself. I know me better playing my character burrito than I knew me before burrito. Right. Right. Also, my I, character's name is Burrito. Let's move past yes, it, people. It's amazing. And, and her, her Burrito's mom's name is, what is it, Dixie? Paella. Oh, I love that and, so much. And dad? And Dorito. And your pet? Churro. <laughs> I can't use taco. That's nope. against the rules. Right. That's that's IP from Adventure Zone. So. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's, there's something like truly community-based around D&D that uh, we have in our group because we're learning so much about each other through the act of role playing someone else, you know? I I yeah. completely agree with that. There's something about Dungeons and Dragons for how silly and goofy it can be or how serious and heartfelt and troubling that I mean like you know when you were a kid and you were playing pretend with your friends, you, you felt it. It was real and like when mm-hmm. you had those shared experiences with with your friends when you were a kid, you still I still remember those times that I had, you know, pretending to be other people and experiencing all of these other worlds and these different like crazy uh, events that never happened with these kids in my neighborhood. And then to translate that to when you're an adult and as friends and as a community, you can share these deep, like almost spiritual moments together where you have beautiful and amazing triumphs and heartbreaking loss and moments with like the goat for example where you just sit around a table and you laugh to the point where your stomach hurts and you're and you're crying yeah just over these imaginary experiences but to you in the moment they're not imaginary they feel so real these characters that you're pretending to be mm-hmm. they feel so real and it's such a, an amazing way to put like one one layer in between you and another person to like grow closer. You know what I mean? Like it, it breaks down a lot of these awkward barriers that are there initially with a lot of people. And it's such a great way to build a community and to have these shared experiences and um, have people come together in a way that's that maybe wouldn't have happened otherwise, but through this shared experience, it's it allows people to to open up in a very safe way. Does that make sense? Absolutely, right. it makes sense. Gosh, my good, yes. Everyone should play Dungeons and Dragons, please. Everyone should play D- the Dungeons world, and Dragons. The world would be better if we all did this together. 
I Only completely fact. agree. Oh, come on now. That's uh that's so good. My goodness, Sam. Okay, so we're going to work toward wrapping things up. Uh, I'm conscious of the fact that we're coming to the end of our time here. But before I ask my typical closing questions, I wanted to ask, like on a day-to-day basis, are there any particular morning or evening routines that Sam follows to live his best life? I'm a man that likes routine until it gets a little too routine then i'm just like nope nope i gotta shake things up i always feel like i'm constantly like getting into routines and then breaking them (laughs) almost out of principle i don't know why i do it but one of the things i actually do almost every morning i try and learn something every day so Mm. i get up and i make coffee and i like my ritual breakfast is like a pour over and peanut butter toast with sliced bananas on it. That is the best breakfast you can have. And I will fight people over that. Nice. (laughs) And then I will sit down and I'll try to learn something. Like I I love spending at least 20 minutes on YouTube, just trying to catch up on the week in terms of space news or learning about um, one of my other favorite YouTube channels is SciShow. Have you guys ever watched that with Hank Green? Mm -mm. I have not, no. Yeah, so he's actually a local guy. He lives in Missoula and he's got a whole company and SciShow is just all about science and space and and chemistry and all of these really cool and they do like these short 10-minute clips about something recently in science news and they explain it in a deep dive. It's really good. So, oh, right I would on. say to make to keep me the who I am, I try and do that almost every day. Oh man. Sam Fife, thank you so much for being on our podcast. We've learned so much about you in the last two hours. So to wind us down here, we're curious to ask what you are currently reading. Oh, I actually am really excited to tell you this because it is so good. And I think you would love this book, Stephen in particular. I just finished the third book in a series called uh, We Are Legion, We Are Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, it's so good. So it's about a guy who gets hit by a car in the 21st century. And then wakes up like 150 years later and he's turned into an artificial intelligence and he's placed in what's called a von Neumann probe. And if you don't know what a von Neumann probe, it's it's a concept dreamt up by this guy named von Neumann where you would send out an artificially intelligent probe to go to other star systems and build more probes. And then those go to other star systems. So it would you would exponentially grow and explore the galaxy that way. Right. Yeah. And. It's so fascinating and so weird and so nerdy, and I love it. God, that's thank you for this. You know that's <laughs> on my reading list now. Yes. Okay. What are you currently listening to? Let's start with music. Like, what do you bring up whenever you open Spotify? Okay, let's see what I got up right now. I would say right now, one album that I'm super obsessed with is Bad Ideas by Tessa Violet. She's an indie artist. That I found on uh, Noise Trade like 10 years ago. And I still follow her. And she has such a unique, poppy, amazing sound. And she came out with an an album last year that I am still listening to on a regular basis. Mm, Nice. What about podcasts? Uh, Do you want to highlight any podcasts that you come back to on a regular basis? the the top 50 or the top 35? What what are we looking (laughs) at? Oh, do you think you could do like top five? (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah uh i love probably my favorite podcast of all time has got to be planet money yeah it's yep. an economics podcast by npr it's so good 
Another one, I would say 99% Invisible is so good. It's just architecture, the built world, design, all of those things. And Roman Mars's voice is got oh, to be the greatest thing. He has the best. He has the best radio voice on the planet. It's true. <laughs> yes. I don't oh. listen to that, and I know that he has the best voice. <laughs> um, and I would say the other podcast that I'm eating up right now is called The Orbital Mechanics, Ooh. and it's a it's a weekly uh, space news podcast where it's just three nerdy guys get together and they talk about the week's space news. And they do like space trivia and things like that. About, yes, like, yes. On this day in 1968, the clue is blank. It's so fun. It is really good. What are you currently watching right now? Like what shows are you in the middle of or what movies have you seen re- recently or movies that you come back to? One movie that I come back to that we just came back to recently that I love and I will plug this movie till the end of time is Jojo Rabbit. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. The shows that I'm actually like really into right now, my wife and I just again went all the way through Arrested Development. <laughs> yes. That show is so great. <laughs> they do such a good job of weaving the same inside joke from the first episode all the way through to the very end of the series. Yep. And like they just bring them up very casually every now and then. Oh, so good. Right. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. Wowzers. Sam Fife, thank you so much for being on our podcast. This has been just a wonderful conversation Mm -hmm. guys thank you so much for inviting me i was really nervous coming in but you for for one you are great hosts and it was a true pleasure to have this conversation with you fantastic well we want to give you the last word would you read our absolute favorite quote for the podcast absolutely the only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well Mm -hmm.